Welcome to Daybreak Devotions, a podcast version of the daily radio ministry of the McLeansville Baptist Church with your host, Pastors Mike Barnett and Corey Cantrell. And welcome back to Daybreak Devotions here from McLeansville Baptist Church. And this is Pastor Mike Barnett, and I am joined, I am joining, I should say I'm joining because I have returned, I'm joining Pastor Corey Cantrell, who has been leading the charge in my absence. Manning the fort, operating the controls, you know, just keeping the ship running and trying to keep it from going aground. You know, this. there's a story going around that I was sick last week, but it was all just a farce. Oh, yeah? It was really me testing you to see if you could handle things in my absence. How'd I do? Royal failure. Ah, figures. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Congratulations, you passed the test. We're yes. going to let you stay. All right. But we, we gladly welcome all of you back to a brand new week of broadcast on this December 11th. We better move right along. I have, uh, with the help of the Lord, been finding ways to redeem it the week that I have been down with this sickness and make it count. Oh, yeah? Well, I've had a lot of thoughts, and I've shared them uh, with the church, either in devotionals that I was able to write, things that I've jotted down in my journal, but... I've really been able to look at this as something to that, that was me, by the way, uh, throwing paper in the background. That was pretty epic, but yeah. carry on. Well, y- you know, it gives depth to the show. It lets the listener know that we are an active and engaged show. Speaking of active and engaged, that's what I want to talk about. Oh. So when I came down to it, I, I guess it was uh, Friday morning? It was Friday morning. This was the thought that I had as I was going to my prayer place. Interesting fact now, on Tuesday morning, the first day after this all erupted, I didn't get out of bed till probably 9.30 or after. Wow. Every morning, I was able to get up a little bit earlier. And by Friday morning, I was up around 7. And uh, Sunday morning, I was up at 5 because my wife set her alarm and gave me no choice. Thanks a lot, honey. Yeah. But anyway, it worked out pretty well. But I was thinking uh, when I got to my prayer place on Friday, how... Every day, you know, you keep thinking, okay, by tomorrow, everything's going to be good. I'm going to be well. This will be over. But a a sickness like that, like what I had and you've had it, people have had it, you know, when you get one of those really deep, and I don't know what I had, but I mean, this was was sick sick. I've told people I haven't been this sick since 2020 when I had COVID. Hmm. I don't know if I had COVID. I don't know what I had, but I just stayed home, didn't go around anybody. But anyway... When you've had that kind of thing, whether it's flu or anything, it just gets in you and it hangs on. And you think, you know, okay, well, by tomorrow, I'm surely going to feel better. And then tomorrow comes and no, it doesn't. And and that just got me thinking, even in our spiritual life, it's not unlike that deep sinfulness that lingers inside of us. You know, I mentioned Sunday morning in the morning message that it's frightening if we think about the depth of depravity that exists in our flesh, our carnal nature. And some things we, we uh, I mean, the potential's there. It's, it's like this latent potential of doing something you'd never dream you would ever do. Mm-hmm. And then there are things that we just deal with on a regular basis that are struggles in our life. And we just think, well, surely I've gotten over that. Surely I won't do that again. And then you see it come back and it flares back up. So it's a lot like that. Um, I, I, you think, how could this even be still even a possibility in my life? after all this time or after all that we've been through. But in both situations, with a sickness or a spiritual struggle, either way, you always think, you know, there's definitely more that I could have done. 
or maybe there's less that I could have done, which would have expedited the healing process. So in terms of when we get in, in a think about our sicknesses, when we're sick, you know, there's certain things that we can do that will help us heal and recover better. You know, make sure you drink lots of fluids, make sure you rest properly, make sure you eat nutritiously, uh, make sure you don't go out and start, you know, doing things that you shouldn't be doing yet because your body's not ready for it and mm-hmm. it'll just drag you back down, all that kind of stuff. So there's healthy things to do and then there's unhealthy things you could do that you shouldn't. Same thing is true in our spiritual life. You know, if we're going to get well, if we're going to deal with the sin, usually if we are falling into a temptation, there's probably some things we did not do properly leading up to that occasion. And so, again, just a lot of parallels in that. But I'll tell you the one thing that that, that makes me think of, it's the importance of taking responsibility. You've got to take responsibility for the condition. Now, we don't, we don't ask to be sick. Mm-hmm. Like you don't go out. I, I guess most people wouldn't. We don't. We don't run around saying, "Hey, could somebody toss a virus on me? Come sneeze on me." Yeah, somebody bacteriorize me. No, because I would love to spend the next week laying in the bed. Mm-mm. We don't do that. And the same thing is true with sin. As a follower of Jesus, we don't go out looking to sin, right? I mean, I, let's be honest. There's sometimes it flares up in us. Maybe anger. Maybe a greed or envy gets in us, and we actually go out on purpose against the Lord's leading in our heart, and we do something right. I know that can happen, but, I mean, generally, we don't wake up in the morning and say, you know what, before this day's over, I'm going to blow it. Yeah. It don't happen that way. But taking responsibility for the, the knowledge that we have that it is in us is very important. I think what I'm hearing as you're saying that is I've got this propensity in me when I'm sick to, for some reason, act like I'm not sick. And then when everybody around me is like, you're coughing, you're sneezing, you're running a fever, you're sick. I'm like, nah, I, I'm just a little, I'm just a little down and out. Taking the responsibility is just acknowledging, no, I am sick, and I'm not doing myself or anybody else any favors by pretending that I'm not sick. And just, you know, we can make this application in every part of our life. It doesn't just have to be the dealing with the sin in ourselves or whatever. It could be an issue in our church. It could be issues in our family where things are not well. And Mm -hmm. to your point, uh, someone from the outside is saying, you know what, I'm seeing this, and I'm seeing this, and I'm seeing this. And we're like, no, 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 everything's fine. Everything's cool. And we're not listening to that, and we're not taking responsibility. It could even be in a business. You know, you could have somebody come in and say, you know what, I'm watching what you guys are doing here. Here's a little advice. And we can say, no, I don't need that. We got this under control. And that's not taking responsibility. Until we take responsibility, we're going to be stuck, and we're probably going to be just stumbling through uh, the same situations over and over again. So anyway, back to the sickness aspect of it, even when you start to get better, though, I've noticed that, um, like I said, it hangs on. And so you might feel 85% better, but you still got some of those symptoms showing. You know, nobody gets to hear it. I preached on Sunday morning, and uh, my symptoms were still... They were still working me over. They were they were there. They the were cough, present. Man, the cough will get you. The sniffles will still get you. Uh, the watery eyes. Somebody's thinking right now, it doesn't sound like you should have been there. <laughs> but to, just to be clear, I stayed away from everybody. And uh, it was one of those Sundays where I did not engage very closely with people in the church, but had a message to bring. So anyway, but the reality is, is even when we're, we're, we're working through it, we're taking responsibility and we're getting better, there's still stuff that has to be cleared out. And that stuff, that process has to happen. All that brings me to Ephesians chapter 4. Let me see if I can make the connection to it here. 
So if it's relationship issues, issues in your church, uh, whatever it is, what kind of things have to be rooted out of us? And I think about our mistrust, negativity. Sometimes it's the masquerading we do. where We, we put on the mask to say, no, everything's fine. And I will say that that one's pretty deeply rooted in the human nature. But whatever that list includes, uh, let's bring it back to some simplicity. There is one answer to all of it. What needs to be rooted out, there's one answer to all of it, and that is love. But then I think of all the virtues, as I say that, all the virtues of love that are needed in our relationships with each other, uh, things like grace and mercy, forgiveness, long-suffering, patience, all that. And so that makes me think that rather than to use the word love, I would say the answer that we need for getting better and dealing with the, quote, sickness is we need Christ. We need the putting on of the new man, which is the very likeness of Jesus. And and Ephesians chapter 4, Paul gives us this. I'm looking at verse 22. He says, let me, let me back up to verse 20. But ye have not so learned Christ, if so be that ye have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus, that ye put off concerning the former conversation the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust, that's that part of there's some stuff in me that's still got to get out. So I'm sick, right? I'm recovering. I'm better. I'm at 85%. But there's still stuff in me. Spiritually speaking, this is true of our, of our new life in Christ. I'm, I've been born again. I've been made new. I'm a new creature in Christ. But there's still stuff in me that has to get out. So putting off concerning the former conversation, the old man, verse 23, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, that you put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. That's what we're putting on. So the putting off of the old is part of it so that we can be changed into Christ. Let me connect that to Sunday morning's message. We talked about how Jesus came, how the, the word was made flesh. I don't know that I actually use this word Sunday at all, but it's incarnation. Now you think about incarnation, we think of Jesus, we think of the eternal word, the Son of God, becoming flesh. He was God incarnate. But there's a very real sense in which the Son of God is still in that incarnation process in each and every one of us as believers. There's a great verse that John uses. He must increase, I must decrease. Mm -hmm. And this is what Paul is talking about here. He's saying, put off the old man and put on the new man. This is becoming Christ. It is being changed into the very image and likeness of Jesus. Now, that all gets fleshed out in the next verses. Let me just read those. Wherefore, putting away. So he's going to tell us some of the stuff to get rid of and some of the stuff to, that we need to get. Wherefore, putting away lying. Speak every man truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. What, what, what do we lie? I mean, you don't go up to brothers in the church and just say, I got a million dollars in my pocket. <laughs> we don't tell those kind of lies. I mean, some may, but what do we do? Our lies are, oh, I'm fine, like we were talking about earlier. Yep. Oh, no problems. Oh, yeah, I'm good. Hey, good to see you today. We lie one to another, like we put on the mask. He says, put away the lying. Speak every man truth with his neighbors. Why? Because we're members one of another. Be ye angry. Wait a minute. Now, we see we condemn that. There shouldn't be any anger. That's not what it says. Be ye angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. The anger's there for a reason. Let's deal with it. That's what he's saying. So it's, I mean, that's a lie when you're hiding the anger. I mean, if it's there and it's present, but you're acting like it's not, 
you're you're deceiving your brothers and your sisters, and it's it's all part of the masquerade. Yep, it's all the old man. Every part of the old man is hidden. We try to hide everything because we try to project an image. We're all sowing fig leaves of some kind. And it's just like the analogy of taking cold medicine. All that cold medicine does, because I took a lot of it this last week, it, it just it just covers up the yeah. symptoms. It doesn't actually address what's actually wrong with you. It just takes away the symptoms. Yeah, it's a cough suppressant, a nasal decongestant. It's all about just... It's just kind of make it more bearable. All that acetaminophen's ruining your liver. <laughs> yeah. Well, supposedly not if you don't take more than 4,000 milligrams a day, well, which you, would be a lot. You flip-flop them, acetaminophen and then ibuprofen, and you bounce back and forth. Well, I don't have any cold medicine with ibuprofen in it. I wasn't looking for a pain reliever. I was looking for the other part of that medicine. I'm pretty sure that there's Motrin that's got cold medicine. Anyhow, our yeah. listeners don't care about we this. We digress. Or whatever that means. Yeah. So verse 28 or verse 27, neither give place to the devil. Let him that stole steal no more. Now, this is literally talking about working with your hands. Um, the things which is the thing which is good that he may have to give to him that needeth. And so there's literally a like, nobody's looking. I'm taking this. But there's ways we steal from each other in other ways, too. Right. Mm. We steal from each other. Think about think about Malachi when God says, would a man rob God? And, and and there's all these things that we're like, well, we didn't rob you. What are you talking about? Well, we didn't give what was owed. When we don't give to each other what is owed, owe no man anything but to love one another, right? So there's all these ways this applies. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. Literally, don't go going around cussing and using bad language and filthy talk. You'd think that would be kind of understood, but you got to be careful. Mm-hmm. And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you're sealed unto the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And look, verse 32 just kind of gives us the Jesus side. Be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. I do want to say this. I wish I was better at verse 32. Because if I could live verse 32 to my brothers and sisters in a more Christ, true Christ-like way, there would probably be less of my brothers and sisters trying to do verse 25 through verse 31. Does that make sense? Like sometimes because I don't love well, I don't help someone else get out from behind the mask. So basically our actions and not being verse 32 actually aids and abets them remaining behind the mask. Like it it validates this is why I need the mask because look, they're acting this way. Well, and I, you know, we we're not dismissing their responsibility, right? But I think it's healthy for us to not dismiss our responsibility. I mean, there's other places, Romans 14, where Paul talks about you know weaker and stronger brothers. Well, and I'm thinking, is it? A, it's in Proverbs where no wood is, the fire goeth out. Mm-hmm. And by our not living out verse 32, we're throwing wood onto that fire that the Spirit may be trying to to quench in their life, but we're we're throwing a lot of fuel on it. Well, let's go to another important verse that helps us flesh this out a little more because I'm, I mentioned about being changed into Christ. Well, Paul uses the word changed in 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 18, but I want to read down to that. Uh, let, me, let me start. Man, the whole chapter would be great, but let me just start verse 15. But even unto this day when Moses is read, the veil is upon their heart, talking about the children of Israel. They can't 
see clearly all that is there. Nevertheless, when it shall turn to the Lord, the veil shall be taken away. Now the Lord is that spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. But we all, he's talking to these Corinthian believers, these Christians, we all, with open face, that means unveiled, beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord, are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. I've said this many times over the last year, but if you want to root out more and more of the bad stuff, those nasty things, those gremlins, you need to fill up more and more, let Jesus fill more and more of you. And it, it, it'll flush that, that out of you, right? That's why we drink a lot of liquids. That's why we do the things, we put the things in our body that help fight Mm-hmm. Help our immune system fight and resist the sickness. And, and Paul says here, what we're doing is we're turning our full attention unveiled, like looking into a mirror so that we can behold the glory of the Lord. We're looking into that so that we can be sa- changed into the same image. So what Paul it lays out for us is there are some indispensable activities that we have to do. Again, we're using the word responsibility a lot here. With unveiled faces... We have to behold the glory of the Lord and by that be transformed into the same image. But I like the phraseology here, from glory to glory, the the idea is that it's an incremental thing from glory to glory. In other words, it's like the sickness. You get this idea in your head, boy, tomorrow morning when I wake up, I'm just going to feel good again. And then tomorrow morning you wake up and you know you feel better, but you're not quite all well yet. Mm -hmm. And that's the way it is in our spiritual life. There's not a one of us that are going to suddenly just, wow, I've got it together. Now, that's encouraging. It's encouraging to say that, to remind each other of that. These are increments of transformation, but let's put it together. There are indispensable activities that will lead us into increments of transformation. There's something we have to do in this. Mm-hmm. We will be changed by the grace of God by beholding his glory. But I've got to look. I've got to be the one that goes in there unveiled with an open face and looks at it. Okay? So not only think about the the active the activities, I think there's the there, we could call it persistent beholding. Let's just say that persistent beholding is what Paul gives us here in, in uh, 2 Corinthians 3.18. But add to this another one. There needs to be increasing knowledge of God and of Jesus. This is part of the indispensable activity that we need to have. Now, why I say that is let's go to another text that goes with all this, Colossians chapter 3. So we're talking about changing. We're talking about getting over. We're talking about getting better. We're talking about taking responsibility. The change is coming. We are going to be changed. But what is our part in this? What is our responsibility? Colossians 3, verse 8 through 10. But now ye also, here comes the putting off part, put off all these, anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communication out of your mouth, lie not one to another, seeing you've put off the old man with his deeds. That's a summary of Ephesians 4, that section. And look at verse 10. And have put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. I am, and I'm just going to say this, I am... Perplexed might be too strong a word, but I I am confused by the disinterest in knowledge that you find in the church today. Talking about just knowledge in general or specifically 
knowledge of knowing Jesus. The in, to increase in the knowledge of Jesus mm-hmm. and of God. I mean, this is something that is throughout the Bible that's taught. We're to be growing in the knowledge, but we seem to be very content with the elementary things. Yeah, it's almost like we're trying to live out godliness with contentment as great gain. I'm just, I'm just good where I'm at, and there was some facetiousness there in that because that's not at all what that verse is talking about. But to be able to just, well, let me say it this way. Is it contentment? Or is it arrogance? Do we think we're farther along than what we are? It might be a mixture of both, and I think it's laziness. Yeah. I mean, we don't want to be challenged. I, I found this to be, sometimes it's hard, it's just hard to understand. People do not like to be, to have questions put before them. Mm-hmm. There is a comfort there's a comfort level or comfort zone where we just want to be told what we already know and agree with. It's threatening when we're questioned because it insinuates that we might be wrong and we don't want to consider that we might be wrong because if we're wrong, we've staked our hope on an error. But we're in, but we're being invited by God into that because that's the only way that you actually do grow. You know, we exercise and you know how that works. There has to be I mean, number one, you can't get stronger if you just stay at the plateau. Yeah. Like you get to a place where you can do, and this will sound like foreign language to a lot of people, but say you can do four sets of 10 on a certain weight. And you're like, hey, I'm doing four sets of 10 today. And you can do all four sets of 10 and you do all 10 reps with every set. You never struggle all the way through to the end. And you say, yeah, I did four sets of 10. Well, what did you accomplish? Actually, nothing. I mean, on a bare minimum, yes, you exercised. You moved your muscles. That was good, but you did not increase. Mm-hmm. The only way you increase is once you're doing four sets of 10 easily, you add weight to it. So now you can't do four sets of 10. Now you're going to work again to try to get to that level. And I'll say this. We've lived that illustration ourselves a lot. Yeah, you know, It's been easy to be so distracted with work or cares or problems that you just go in and get a workout in, and you really you leave the workout and you, you exercise, but you didn't increase. That's not the way we want to live. That's not the way God wants us to live. Let me say this. I don't want any believer to live their new life in God the way immigrants become new citizens. Now, let me explain that. I've seen this in person. It's a ceremony. They, they meet whatever government official it is that's leading it. They shake hands, and then, boom, they're in. They raise their hand. They repeat the thing. They're in. Okay, you're a citizen now, and they never have a part of that again. Like, it all happened at this one thing, and now... Yep, I'm, I'm a citizen. I'm an American now. But salvation is not a contract. It is a relationship with the one who made us and knows us completely, but whose desire is now to be known by us in our daily life. So a lot of times salvation in, in the Christian life is almost like that immigration ceremony. Yep, I, I asked the Lord to save me. I got baptized. I'm in the church. And then we just... And there's no more developing the relationship with God. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, the citizen's never going to see whoever that government official is again. Nobody cares, but that's not what salvation is. One final thing, and that'll be drawing from Peter. And it's another one of those passages that have been just key passages of learning the spiritual life. And that's Second Peter chapter 1 and verse number 5. I'm talking here about these indispensable activities that will lead us to these, this incremental transformation. Those are big words. Uh, maybe I could have thought of a different way to say that, but we're almost done now, so we'll just stay with it. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 5. 
Notice what he says. And beside this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue and to virtue knowledge. And he takes us through that list. And I just want to call that relentless supplementing. Okay? Relentless supplementing. It, It feeds right off the last one. But it says to us that it is not enough to just know what you know. And it's not enough just to say that I believe. Mm-hmm. I'm a believer. I have faith. The Bible never lets us off on that. So, so put them all together again. What are the indispensable activities that lead us into increasing increments of transformation? Number one, it's continuous changing. That's Ephesians 4.24. I, I don't know if I fleshed that one out enough. Let me just make this statement about it. Paul is implying there that that is an ongoing process. I don't think I said that earlier, but the putting off and putting on is not, you don't do that one time. It's like, you know, you go to work today, you got those dirty clothes, hey, you need to get them off, put mm-hmm. on some new stuff, right? And that's what he's implying. So it's continuous changing. Uh, secondly, it's persistent beholding. That's 2 Corinthians 3.18, beholding in a glass, being, being transformed. And then thirdly, it's increasing in knowledge, Colossians 3.10, and then here's that relentless supplementing. Not a one of these are ever, quote, achieved or completed. All of them are to be continuous. This is, this is what defines our life as followers of Jesus. And each one of those things deserve a thorough examination on its own, but we're out of time. I hope some of this made sense. If it didn't, it's probably my fault because I'm still running on eight cylinders. I think it did. I mean, if anything, just— You the, don't sound too confident. Well, no, what I mean is— at the very least, it's encouraging to be reminded, I won't use your, your phraseology the right way, but the, the incremental... The indispensable activities that lead to incremental transformation? In, yeah, that one. Because it's so easy to get discouraged sometime and be like, why, why am I not further along than where I am? Well, okay, maybe that's there's some personal responsibility. But just being reminded of the fact that, but we are growing. To be yielded to this process, to be seeking after and relentlessly pursuing, there may be growth and improvement, even if we may not be able to see it right now. And that's okay. We trust the process. We continue on in faith. The big thing is, are we willing to take the hard look, to do the difficult things, and to open ourselves up to the transformation that Christ wants to do in us? If I were to summarize everything that we have just said, to use the illustration of being sick and knowing that we're, we're, we're recovering, we're better, and to compare that to our, our Christian life where we've been saved, but we still struggle with the ongoing effects of our flesh, don't settle for just taking cold medicines and covering up the symptoms. Don't just hide behind masks. We need to purp- purposefully be adding into our life and doing the things that are actually making us more well, that are helping us become like Jesus. And so it's not just covering up everything. There's some putting off and there's some putting on. And that, that activity, that indispensable, those indispensable activities will help us grow and become transformed into more and more Christ-likeness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, with that, friends, I hope you have a wonderful remainder of your day. We look forward to seeing you back here tomorrow. Take care and God bless. And we thank you for joining us on today's program. We hope that you'll tune in with us each and every day right here on Daybreak Devotions as Pastor Mike and I will discuss various topics in God's Word. If you've got any questions, comments, we would love to hear from you at daybreakdevotion 
at gmail.com.